Trash Over, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And it's finally Pride Month. It's Pride Month 2022. Yeah, yeah. finally there. Yeah, I'm feeling extra gay this month. No, not really. Every month's a gay month on this podcast. That was the wrong answer, but then it turned to oh, the right answer. Sorry. No, no, no. Yeah, that's, that, that's what I was going for. Uh, uh, and as always with Pride Month, we will be joined by some wonderful guests from the horror community within the LGBTQIA plus community. Uh, and this week, we have a fellow 90s gay kid, another horror fan from up north, and a one-man podcast who always releases thoroughly entertaining and informative episodes. It's Lee from Slashy Horror. Oh, what a lovely introduction. Thanks, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few things that I, I'm proud of in my life, and it's writing introductions for guests is, is one of them. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you're our first guest for Pride Month. Welcome. Thank you. I'm very honoured. <laughs> so, uh, what is it that got you into horror, and what made you want to start a podcast? I, I mean, it's, you know, it's the generic question that we all ask, all as gay podcasters, uh, and now it's your turn to answer. I mean, my, my journey with horror started when I was a kid. Like, it, it literally started from the video shop, you know? I mean, my dad, um, he actually used to... This is, It sounds really sketchy. He used to run, like, a mobile video shop from the back of a van. And, I know, right? Nice. Uh, he, he basically would bring all these VHS tapes home, and we they would just be surrounded by it in the house they'd be everywhere so when they went where my parents my brothers and sisters would you know just play vhs tapes and i think the very first horror film, i could be wrong i think the very first horror film i watched was nightmare on elm street i think that just kick-started it all from there <laughs> and then obviously going to the video shop every friday and saturday was just joy to me but i would just stare at all this amazing box art of all these horror videos and I was always, you know, intrigued by it. And then as it went on, my dad would just rent them and rent them. And I just became so obsessed with the genre. And that's kind of where the like the idea for the podcast came from, really, is that I wanted to, it's kind of going back to how I, I remember all these films and like the first reactions I had to them and why I love them so much. And there's always, there's always some, even if it's a little story, there's always a little story to certain films. And that's kind of why I wanted to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much the same with us, isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is there a little story for today's podcast film? <laughs> I mean, yeah, sort of. Um, I, I very much remember the box art in Blockbuster because pretty much every mockbuster, slockbuster, uh, whatever you want to call it, that was a horror film with teens, had this same cover. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I always remember the cover of it. But I also remember, um, I think it was in one of those, like, you know, those cheap four-pack DVDs that you uh -huh. would get? Oh, yeah. gold, absolute gold. Um, I remember watching it on there, and I was like, okay, interesting. Uh, a, a lot of guys shirtless in an underwear. <laughs> uh, a, a, a lot of uh, queer baiting going on here. Okay. And uh, to be fair, I, yeah, that's kind of just my story, really. I was fascinated with that alone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, who can blame you? We are, of course, discussing I've Been Watching You, a.k.a. The Brotherhood from 2001. Now, 
uh, listeners of this podcast may recall we discussed Final Scream. Yes. Um, Final Scream, I remember from Blockbuster, uh, I, I said on the episode I was very confused as to why no one was talking about this new Scream sequel, because I was a naive child. And uh, <laughs> yeah, very much the same sort of thing with this. This is absolutely going for I Know What You Did Last Summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why, because the film is not even close. <laughs> it is absolutely trying to be The Lost Boys. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's <laughs> trying yeah. so hard to be homoerotic Lost Boys. And you know what? The Lost Boys is gay enough as it is already. We discussed it last year for Pride Month. Um, mm-hmm. This somehow makes it even gayer. Of course, it's directed by the master of badly acted homoeroticism himself, David Dakota. Uh, yeah, of course, that's the final screen. Creepazoid, Speed Demon, 90... 9210 Shark Attack, 90210, whatever, Asian Ghost Story, and so, so many more. We did reel off a big list of his on the final Scream episode, if you're curious to what else he made. Written by Barry L. Levy, uh, who wrote Vantage Point, which was quite a big film, I remember. Mm. It's like about an an assassination, um, I think. Who was in it? Um, Jaws 3D guy. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Qu- I think Dennis Quaid was in it. Maybe. Never heard of it. I may be wrong. Um, I think it's Vanishing Point. No, no, Vantage Point. Oh. Yeah. Paranoia, oh. Wolves of Wall Street. Yes. Werewolves of Wall Street. Shut up. Alley's <laughs> Finest, etc., etc. And also written by Matthew Jason Walsh, who wrote Kingdom of the Vampire, Bloodletting, Deep Freeze, Speed Demon. Bram Stoker's Legend of the Mummy 2. Now, that's a classic. Have you seen that one? I watched it years ago because that that cover was everywhere, wasn't it? It really was. That was in every blockbuster. Yeah. Is that one with Shelley Duvall? No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. (laughs) I've never heard of any of these. Have you got the interview of Vantage? I have. I'm sorry. I had to look. It would haunt me for the whole episode and I won't be able to talk. Um, It was, yeah. Barry L. Levy wrote yeah. Vantage Point. It's got Dennis Quaid in. Oh. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Yeah, so very, I mean, very big deal. Some big names. Sigourney Weaver's in it. Sigourney now, Weaver's in now it. Now you know. you've got my interest. Yeah. Sigourney Weaver is in it. We're going to have to watch that now. <laughs> I, I, I've watched it. I'm excited. I've watched it. It's not, it's not terrible. It's not terrible. Yeah, I'm excited. It's um, going to be good. Can't tell you how much this film made or how much it grossed because it was straight to video. And as for the trivia, we haven't got a lot. So here's a little bit about David Dakota, in case we didn't talk about him enough in the final Screw episode. Uh, he's worked professionally in the film business since he was 18. Got to start through Roger Corman, who hired him in 1980 as a production assistant at New World Pictures. And in 1986, he produced his first feature film for Charles Band and is the founder of Rapid Heart Pictures, where his films including A Talking Car... That's how it's spelled with yeah. the question mark. A talking cat. A talking cat. <laughs> and the 1313 series and has produced and directed more than 100 motion pictures during his career. Um, do we have favourite David Dakota films? Mm. <laughs> I mean, mine would be this. Mine would be this. I think it's I... the most entertaining. Mm. But I haven't seen a lot of them, though. They're, they've all been really so far. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's like a whole other rating system when it comes to him. Like, I yeah. mean, I gave this three out of ten, 
But in normal ratings, that would be like an, a, a solid seven. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, Nightmare Sisters. Maybe? Oh, fuck off. Did you find more Balorama? Yeah, he did. Yeah, that was all. That right. was bad. Well, no, no, no. If you're listening, oh, Santa's David. Summer House. Santa's Summer House. Or the Runaway Christmas Bride. That was a good one, weren't it? Runaway Christmas Bride. That was the one, yes. Runaway Christmas Bride. That's my favourite. What's your favourite one, Lee? Mine would have to be Voodoo Academy. Mostly just because it's practically softcore porn. It's just just a load of guys just rubbing themselves down all the way through in white Calvins. I mean, who doesn't like that? Exactly. I mean, that's pretty yeah. much 666 Creepy Carrie as well. Have you seen that one? No, um, but that's on the list. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just that. It's just guys rubbing around on either beds or each other in white underwear. That's that's all it is. He's a master at what he does. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's, he's, he's got it down, hasn't he? He's, he's figured yeah. it out. Uh, this was initially filmed as I've been watching you. The title was later changed to The Brotherhood, and it garnered five sequels mm. under the new title. I'm going to watch gracious. more. Gracious, no, <laughs> no. This is clearly before the internet. Yeah. So this was mm. for you know young men trying to discover themselves. <laughs> <laughs> they would watch these kind of films. Mm. Um, so he has moved on with the times. He's very much. Family entertainment now. Oh, hey, there we go. You asked me yeah. yesterday what was my heart stopper as a teenager. Six 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 creepy carry. Good grief. <laughs> That's what it was. That's. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like in a in a way, you are right though. He he kind of got this idea from like watching those films like that do have those homoerotic tendencies, like Top Gun with the yeah, volleyball was, scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what have you. And, like, I think that's where the idea kind of stemmed from, to have, like, this homoeroticism at the front and centre of these these films with these really attractive guys. Yeah, with absolutely no subtlety whatsoever. <laughs> um, but then you can't go all the way. Yeah, so, like, yeah. Hmm. spoiler alert for this film... The only real action we get is two men and a woman. You have to have a woman in the middle. Hey, it's good bisexual representation. You can't go all Mm. the way, can you? (laughs) Well, last bit of trivia, which uh, isn't really trivia. It's just something that I found amusing. Uh, This is listed on Google under horror and gay pornography. (laughs) Uh, Not quite. Mm. (laughs) Um, One question we ask about every film we cover during Pride Month. This is going to be an easy one. We always ask our guests to answer, what makes this gay? <laughs> um, the camera shots of, like, arse and shirtless men and yeah. just the way the camera pans down <laughs> to certain body parts. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, usually we'd just go, oh, well, it's got a gay director or, it's got, you know, get no, this is just 100% gay from start to finish. With a woman thrown in to, uh, to not scare the straights off. Yeah. To get that funding. You've got to get that funding <laughs> somehow, haven't you? So getting into the film, the fraternity Doma, Tau Amiga, has found a key to eternal youth without having to become blood-drinking vampires. Will they be able to recruit Chris, an innocent and perfect newcomer? What? <laughs> what did you just did you put that down wrong no that's the imdb official premise they, they found a key to eternal youth without having to become blood drinking vampires yeah spoiler they transfer the souls into new bodies every hundred years 
but they drink blood. They yeah. do drink blood as well. And yeah, they, they are vampires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows that? I'm DB. Dave Dakota himself, I assume. Right. No, that's not right. Yeah. Also, as badly written as this film, I mean, some of the worst dialogue I've ever heard. The big twist towards the end with uh, with Megan, I mean, you know, you, you know we're going to go for the whole film anyway. Mm. Um, I didn't see that coming. No? No, no. no. Congrats to David Dakota on uh, that achievement. Um, I suppose if you don't care, then everything's <laughs> a surprise. <laughs> Uh, we start the film with a budget version of Freddie Prince Jr. running around for a bit with a shirt ripped open uh, before a budget version of NSYNC dresses the Lost Boys around him. Um, they talk a bit of shit and then they eat him before we get the very boring and very long opening credits uh, with a very serious score. Mm. Yeah. Um, I put that I have a lot in my notes is conventionally handsome. <laughs> Um, a lot of conventionally handsome men in this film, right from the get-go. Half in bottom white shirts, uh, living la vida loca. <laughs> I actually put down um, a boy dressed as Simon Cowell running away from four Albert Preston. <laughs> I didn't think of it that way, but you're absolutely right. Very much so. <laughs> But he's just all bad X Factor contestants surrounded him then. Yeah, that's, that, that's, <laughs> if, you, if you just took away the rest of the film, that's pretty much the plot of that, that opening. <laughs> <laughs> you put NSYNC. I didn't think they were quite up to NSYNC. Did standards. you not think? I thought O Town, mm. if you remember Liquid Dreams. If Maybe. anyone is of that age, <laughs> who remembers O Town, that's what they were giving me. <laughs> Um, yeah, I suppose. But I mean, you know, they've got the uh the blonde hair and stuff. Yes, the spiky the, hair. And sync is spiky hair. Hmm. Uh, after that thrilling opening sequence, um which does I mean does come back in later on and then straight away actually with this. News there's a news reporter reporting the incident as a possible result of hazing ritual. She interviews Devon, the leader of the uh, boy band, with his frosted tips, and uh, he just looks ridiculously suspicious, as does his boys in the background. Like, I mean, they're not trying to hide it, are they? No. No. Um, Gail Weathers is on the case, don't she? (laughs) (laughs) If only. She's got that look. Every reporter in the uh, late 90s looked like that. Yeah. No, she's not quite the queen bitch of the section from Final Scream, is she? No. Oh, Final Scream, that's the one. Yeah, that's... I, I keep forgetting the, the names of films that we've covered. <laughs> Final Scream. <laughs> I mentioned it like five times already. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, then we're introduced to young Chris Chandler, uh, a student at Drake University who gets a new roommate, Dan Myers. Uh, he introduces himself, Dan says hi, and he says, Hi, what the hell can I do for you? <laughs> That's very much. It, when I first watched this, I thought this this looks like familiar territory. I think I know which way this is going to go next because it just. <laughs> hey, this wasn't my dorm. Because <laughs> I just yeah, to myself. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's trying to act like that proper hard jock bro. I thought any minute now he's going to 
push him down on the bed and bend him over, to be quite frank with you. Um, no, it didn't go that way. <laughs> he does push him down on the bed at one point, but then actually leaves. It doesn't quite go where uh, yeah. where it looks like it's going. Um, yeah, Chris is in his white vest, uh, and he's so rude to Dan immediately. Um, but then reveals he was joking, but that doesn't really make much difference considering he's still got the exact same expression on his face and the same voice tone because his performance is just ridiculous. It's so weird. It's absolutely a porn performance. Do you think these were porn stars hired for this film? Um, well, they weren't hired for their acting ability. That's <laughs> definitely for sure. Um, what, what I'm getting is, no, I'm not too familiar um, with college american college life um but the banter is essentially telling people you've only just met things in a really aggressive way <laughs> and then got only kidding like why did why did you not how did you not know i was kidding like because i just met like i just thought you were an aggressive person but pretty much for the whole film that is the banter <laughs> Like, I'm going to kill you in your sleep. Oh my god, you're gonna kill me. How why would you think I was gonna kill you? You just told me, bitch. So guys, what's uh one factor about Dan that we're definitely not reminded of throughout the entire film? What's one really noticeable factor about his character? What's his stereotype? He's fucking hideous. He's a beast. He's disgusting. <laughs> He is the most unattractive man on the planet. He's a nerd. He's a geek. He's a piece of shit. He's awful. Because he has sideburns. He's so sideburns. <laughs> <laughs> so, you to have glasses. For I know. Sake. I'm very surprised. Yeah. You're doing I'm, I'm surprised. You're a full nerd, for God's sake. I'm just sat there like, oh my God. If he's hideous, what am I? I'm so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, they don't let you forget that he's a nerd. We mm. hear well, many, he many times. Doesn't. Everyone else is quite supportive of him, <laughs> but he himself has the lowest self-esteem. It's ridiculous, <laughs> poor man. <laughs> Imagine having that role, though. Imagine having that role. No, I think uh, we don't want you for Chris, mate. We're gonna have you for Dan. So read Dan's part. Oh. The hideous one, yes, perfect for it. Got the role, great. Yeah, there really is no hope for the rest of us if that's uh, if that's the man. <laughs> yeah, it's one thing about David Curtis films, even like the nerdy, hideous guys, uh, they've all got six packs, they're, they're yeah. all like ripped, uh, they all look like underwear models. And shall I just open this can of worms now? Yeah, uh, they're all white. As well, let's, yeah. let's be very yeah. clear. This is very much the conventional, handsome-looking, you know, yeah, group David, of people. David Coates doesn't figure out diversity until like two thousand and eight, is it? Like around mm. that time when he started doing those, uh, the wrong husband, the wrong yeah. school teacher. Yeah, Vivica A. Fox yeah. films. Um, mm. Yeah, it is very, and I, I you find it with a lot of these. But I'm assuming Creepy Carrie's the same. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, very much. They could be the same actors. One view of attractive men. Yeah. Mm. Unfortunately. I mean, Devin, the actor who plays Devin's double dipped, doesn't he? Because he was in uh, Final Stab or Final Scream. He was. I thought yeah. I recognised him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure many of these definitely return. Yeah. Um, <laughs> apparently, uh, all... 
Chris could get on his TV as the news channel, and they're reporting that weird thing that happened on campus this morning. What? The fucking murder? <laughs> <laughs> the guy that got murdered like, outside your fucking house? It, how long has this interview been going on for? Oh, yeah, it goes on for a <laughs> long interview. <laughs> I mean, how it's, like, to say? <laughs> it's like everything in this film, though. Like, some scenes just go on and on. The interview goes on and on. The opening credits go on and on. The music goes on and on. <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, uh, the next scene we get, after a bit more joking and whatever the fuck they're talking about, uh, the next scene is Chris doing shirtless stretches outside of his house with the camera focusing on his ass uh, with his shorts that he clearly gave himself a purpose wedgie uh, with to get the attention of uh, the cameraman. Whilst the NSYNC uh, looking guys uh, walk over and just start watching him by a tree with the sunglasses on. What can be said about that? Well, Devin says oh he's perfect he's beautiful he looks like linda evangelista <laughs> don't know shorts um, <laughs> 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 it's like, i'm assuming the camera is meant to be us as the point of view of devon so he's like homing right in on the ass yes yeah. yeah um yeah, they, they, you know David Coates was like, okay, try and make your ass as visible as possible. Make it stand out as much as you can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's also weird that no one else around is doing this either. No. Going <laughs> <laughs> about their day. A shirtless runner, um, but the only one. It's like, no. And apparently he's a swimmer anyway. Clearly they couldn't afford to film in a, a swimming pool. No. <laughs> no. They, they saved that for part two. Oh, do they? <laughs> have you seen yeah. part two? I have, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Does he come? Is it the same actor? No, no, it's a different storyline altogether. Oh. But yeah, it's it's about swimmers. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Higher budget then. They can afford a swimming pool. Because <laughs> he says to Dan, he's like, "Oh, um, Dan sees a trophy for swimming, and he's he's like, oh, you must have got in on a scholarship." He's like, "Don't you stereotype me? <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, what? Just because I'm a swimmer, just because I'm good at, you know, I'm athletic, that means that I got in on a scholarship." And then another one like, "Oh no, I did get in on a scholarship. I'm just yeah. kidding, just kidding. Banter, <laughs> banter. I'm just messing uh, with you again." <laughs> and I put, oh yeah, and you were hired on your acting ability as well. <laughs> He also said we're both too young for bars. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> You're definitely old enough to drink, my dear. Um, yeah, Devin and the DTO approach Chris after he falls DTO. off his DTO. after he falls off his bike whilst watching Student of Psychology, Megan, uh, and then Devin just starts to chat Chris up. Megan, talking of. Uh, looking like they're a bit too old to be playing the ages of these characters. Megan looks like everyone's mum. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Who got into her daughter's makeup care. <laughs> <laughs> um, she is she's serving a look. She's serving 2001. Yeah, she's very, very yeah. much so. She's uh, uh, serving Mary-Kate and Ashley Hare and all in that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's going for that wet look. <laughs> um, she's got a frosted lip gloss <laughs> that's random curls <laughs> um, but yeah Chris ain't interested in all that 
he uh, he wants a bit of Devon, doesn't he? Mm. So Devon introduces the rest of the boys: Mikhail, Jordan, and my favourite Barry. Um, Chris points out Devon's fraternity necklace and tells him how expensive it looks. Who's uh, your favourite member of DTO? Is it Barry? Um, no, it's Mikhail. Oh, okay. Mikhail and his axe. And his axe. Who's your favourite, Lee? Oh, I like a, I like a good leader. So mine's definitely Devon. However, Barry's given me that energy with that name. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Barry got a good payday for this because he didn't do much, does he? Yeah, he, he doesn't do anything. <laughs> Barry gets in his underwear at the end. So yeah, EastEnders has ruined the name Barry. You can't call anyone <laughs> Barry anymore. Cause all I can think of is Barry from EastEnders getting pushed down a fucking hill. Was that what you were thinking of when you were watching Barry in this film? Yes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh, so where's oh. Janine when you need her? <laughs> We're not thinking of Barry from EastEnders singing at Joe Biden's uh, no, inauguration. No. <laughs> uh, I mean, as well, what is that? What is that necklace? I mean, it's like it, it, it's like early airways Argos, isn't it? It's just very cold. <laughs> <laughs> it's very tacky. <laughs> it's definitely not. definitely yeah. That was definitely picked up from uh, the nearest fancy dress shop. Um, yeah, yeah it, it looks very tacky. I don't know why he thinks it looks expensive. Um, the props <laughs> in this film are all amazing because they all look so cheap. I mean, the axe coming up later on is is a work of art. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so after this awkward encounter, Chris tells Dan all about it, but leaves out the part about Devin and his boys. Does, oh yeah, he does. Yeah. He oh, tells he's, oh yeah. Scoping out Megan. Scoping out chicks or yeah. whatever. God's sake. The dialogue in this film. <laughs> Going <laughs> out. Uh, yeah, we found out. Uh, we find out again that Dan is a science nerd who never gets girls. Poor Dan. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Chris is very. He can't make his mind up in this film, and I feel like that's the theme of the film. Chris cannot make <laughs> his mind up, so he's not like the usual jock. He's no. like, oh, don't stereotype me. But then he's like, yeah, I was scoping out chicks and fell off <laughs> my bike. So he's like, well, which one are you? Um, and I, it's a theme that comes, if, if I'm trying to find something, a theme for the film, <laughs> it's difficult. Are the you? theme is Chris can't make his mind up. So I think it's probably an allegory on bisexuality. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Should we go with that? We'll go with that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's what I try and do. If you... Listeners of the podcast, um, frequent listeners will know that I try to intellectualise stuff that might not be able to intellectualise. It could be the case, though. I mean, <laughs> it, it is David Dakota, so I, I yeah. think you could be onto something. Struggling there. with his sexuality. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's so intelligent. Right. Carry on. Chris spots some guys harassing Megan and tries telling them to fuck off while pretending she's his sister. Um, they eventually leave after some awful dialogue exchange. Yeah. And the shittest flirting I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they weren't going to get anywhere. Um, but they, they eventually leave. And uh, Megan's like, hey, I didn't need you to rescue me with Less life in it than that delivery. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan was like, um, oh, I've heard a lot about you, Megan. <laughs> oh, as far as I know, they've only been there a few days <laughs> at this point. 
It's just, oh, were you told how nice my tits were? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she wants to know if uh, he's been told that all the guys want to bang her because that's what's usually said. Um, but Dan um, puts a good word in for Chris. He's like, no, Chris isn't like that. He's not like the other guys. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not like. He's not a stereotype. I just don't understand why Dan's speaking on Chris's character despite no. only knowing him a few <laughs> days at most. Like, you can't speak on his character. No, no. Um, she asks Chris if he has a problem with the fraternities, and he gets very defensive because apparently everyone keeps asking him about it. Who? <gasps> mm. Interesting. Yeah, I thought, do you have a problem with gay people? Ah. Oh. <laughs> wow, yeah. And Megan is clearly... A massive ally. An ally. Yeah. What I was going to say, am I allowed to say it? What? A flag hag. She's a flag hag. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't she? I suppose. Well, Megan is basically... Um, Am I allowed to say it? It's my podcast. Yeah, of course I'm going to say it. it. <laughs> Megan is basically Elizabeth Taylor and suddenly last Sunday. Okay, so suddenly last summer, not last Sun Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> what the fuck am I talking about? That's two different gay films mixed together there. This film, uh, this, this might be a little bit of a excursion from our film <laughs> from the podcast, but this film is kind of, and it's kind of brought together a lot of the films we've been watching recently <laughs> so like we last week we did initiation of sarah which was about mm. yeah fraternities and and, and and sororities um we yesterday watched suddenly last summer which was about a woman getting the attention of men for her gay that's absolutely this film. Yeah, and um, I'm sh- I'm pretty sure we watched something else Ooh, with frosted tips. <laughs> There's a good chance. A good oh, was it? But I'm a cheerleader. That was 1999, so it could have been some frosted. Tips. We watched modern mm. uh, model behavior with. Oh, there we go. That's oh, like... Classic Disney Channel film, that. Oh my god, I love, <laughs> I love it. Why is it not on Disney Plus? I know. What a classic. (laughs) Yes, this is a mixture of all those films. Um, Yeah, this is a mixture of every... It's a good choice, actually. We've got lots of reference points for it. She invites Kristen down to a party of uh, Doma Tawamega, saying that she does not want to go there alone. Chris isn't sure about it, but Dan reminds him that he's a nerd. They bicker for a bit, and he eventually agrees to it. Mm. Just in case you forgot, he's on earth. Little confusion, though. She said, oh, my friend got me an invite to it, and it's an invite where I can invite more people. Mm. <laughs> One or two. Spoiler alert, we don't see her friend. No, she's got no friend. <laughs> oh! She's made it up. Uh, yeah. She was part see? of the whole Even thing. Oh, yeah. Gracious. You've watched the film and you still don't know the twist. Good gracious. <laughs> wow, that's... Yeah, great. That's some... Um... Precursor, isn't it? All <laughs> over the words I'm looking for. So the writing is actually really clever, actually. The, the writing We've is very clever. Misunderstood classic. Um, she's got some books, and Dan says, "Hey, that's a lot of reading. What's your major?" And she's like, ah, "Psychology. What else? I don't know. Could be fucking anything. Can't be the titles of the books." Yeah, she could be doing performing arts for all you know. You yeah. know what I mean? She could be doing anything. So. Did, no need to be defensive. 
everyone is so defensive in this film, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's just the gay experience. As a teenager, you're very defensive. Chris and Dan are getting ready for the party. Chris tells Dan that this is a very, uh, a very, that art. This was like a uh, beautiful thing, what we watched yesterday. Oh, Lord, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, Chris tells Dan he looks like he's going to a funeral and awkwardly sorts out his tie for him. Um, I've never wrote awkwardly so much in my notes for one film before. There's a lot of awkward scenes in this yeah. film. Um, Dan tells Chris he doesn't look stylish and looks better in sweats. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, anything's better than the ugly tie and shirt combos that are going. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. He, honestly, they both looked absolutely fucking awful. Uh... <laughs> they look like their parents had dressed them up to go to a wedding. That is a weird thing. I mean, we've seen a lot of films with fraternities and university parties and such, and um, no one's ever dressed like that. I've never seen anyone in a film dressed like that for a frat party, no. ever. No. It's ridiculous. Ahead of its time, clearly. We haven't quite reached that point uh, in cinema yet, where everyone starts dressing like that. We haven't reached that point in society. <laughs> um, Chris provides Dan with his backstory about how he didn't have the stereotypical school party life that Dan thinks he did, and tells him all about his alcoholic father who ran away from him and his mother. Dan gives him a flirty look and tells him how they live parallel lives, but they're still so different. Uh, if he was Chris, he would have gone into the locker room, smashed the jocks' schools in with a baseball bat, and steal, he would have stole all their women. Sure, Dan. Bit problematic there, uh, <laughs> to be honest. It's, yeah, very strange. And then, I mean, this is post-Columbine as well. Uh, yeah, 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 that's, that's, that's very sketchy. awkward dialogue there. Yeah. Um, much like the uh, Sally from Coronation Street scene in Beautiful Thing, Chris and Dan try finding out if either of them like Megan. Dan suggests that she might think they're a couple, and if Chris doesn't go to the party, he'll tell her they're a couple. He, he's really pushing it. He really wants <laughs> this, doesn't he? Bless. Even going as far to go stepmithing. <laughs> um, a couple of questions for this mm. scene. Yeah, we come on backstory. We get for a little bit of Dan, a little bit of Dan, a little bit of backstory for Dan. Yeah. Um, alcoholic father. Why has he got a poster of beer bottles on his wall? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not a party animal. I have I have a terrible history of alcohol and abuse in my family. Oh my wall, god! Dan? What's that poster? Oh, beer bottles. You've got um, a very good eye, I must say that, because I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that either. <laughs> that's, that's a very good spot in there. Thank, thank you. I was really paying attention, which is incredibly difficult for a film like this. Um, also, why are they acting like Chris is the Incredible Hulk? <laughs> like, so much of the dialogue is, oh my God, you could snap me in half. You are... <laughs> I think Dan wants him to snap him in like, half. It's like, it's like the Terminator or something. Like, people are acting like huge, like 500 pounds of muscle about to break down walls. <laughs> Do you not get... Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> it's, so it's true. Um, 
yeah, I mean, the whole sequence is, is you, I thought they were going to start making out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and if, if it was that kind of film, they probably would have. Yeah, um, they've, they've even got like, the lifetime like sad music in the background. Yeah, like, talking about it. <laughs> so. The producers wanted their money back, so yeah. they couldn't. <laughs> um, they go to the party, uh, and when they arrive, Megan says, "Far out, he's got an axe." Yes, Mikhail is is on the door with an axe, um, but it's not a real axe. It is foamy as fuck. It is. That is an absolute Fomax from a children's play area that they borrowed to quickly film in, in this film. Yeah. Um, every time you see the axe as well, no one's acting like it's a struggle to hold. <laughs> like a real axe would be quite heavy, but no one's, they're just like swinging it around like nothing. <laughs> um, Mikhail does the aggressive fake out. Doesn't he? And of course. He's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you with this axe. I'm gonna kill. I can't remember the dialogue, but it's just to like be just really aggressive. And I'm like, Nah, you're all right. Come on in. I was only joking. <laughs> hey, Chris, do you like my axe? Whoa. <laughs> FYI, I fucking hate when characters in films are called Chris that we're covering for the podcast. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> in my head, I've had 33 years of people saying Chris and me turning around and saying, Yeah, what? Uh, and now I'm like, every time you say, well, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Why did I do that? One of the only occasions where I'm glad I'm called Gary. I'm, I'm like, no one's called Gary. Yeah, we may have covered like one film with a Gary. That's no, like... we've covered a few, but all the Garys are absolute assholes. And it well, was now running theme where everyone there was Gary actually was there was. I don't know if it's the podcast. I think it was just films we were watching, just like Gary theme. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. I can't think of anyone called Gary, other than Gary the Snail from Spongebob. I can't... <laughs> in terms well, of films, I can't think of anyone else. Well, exclusive for the podcast, I was named after a famous Gary. I was named after Gary Newman, if that helps. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's a good one, anyway. Yeah, that's yeah. a good Gary. <laughs> there's a reason there's not a lot of people called Gary. It's absolutely a creepy uncle name, but here we are. Gary Boosie. Um, oh, there we go. Exactly. Gary Boosie. There we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, when they go inside the party, everyone is slow dancing to some really shit music. And Devin spots Chris. Dan spots some women that wouldn't spit on him if he was on fire. Is <laughs> this self-esteem mm. broken record bullshit? It's depressing. Would we spit on Dan if he was on fire? Yeah, I'd spit on anyone if they're on fire. Even people. Dan, that fucking nerd, Dan, <laughs> that beast. Okay. Um, Megan tries asking Chris if he wants to dance in a suggestive way, but he's too interested in watching Devon and walks over to him. Yeah, a lot of eye fucking going on in this scene mm. between Chris and Devon. Yeah. Um, Megan says, "Isn't that the president of the fraternity, Kevin?" Kevin. And then Chris is like, it's Dev. She's like, oh yeah, Devin Isley. How could she struggle on the first name? <laughs> but no, the surname. She's trying to throw him off. But yeah. She's trying to throw him off. I mean, Dude. I've got notes here. Like, oh, stupid bitch. She don't fucking know. You know? <laughs> How do you know Kevin, someone's surname? Like well, come name. on. He does like Kevin. No, he looks like a Devin. Like he's absolutely <laughs> giving Devin Sawa. Is he? From, yeah. Do you think? Are those frosted tips? Well, 
He looks like someone, and I can't think who. He, he does look the spitting image of another actor, and I can't think who it is. But yeah, it's definitely not Devin Sauer to me. <laughs> <laughs> I meant hair-wise. I mean, what I mean is that David Dakota wanted to have Devin Sauer in the film, but he also had this guy. Uh, Megan tries asking, oh, yeah, we've been through that. She asked me what's the dance. Devin ditches the girls he's with to hang out with Chris and tells him his house is a 500-year-old house from Spain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what the fuck, though? Like, how the hell do you import a fucking house from Spain? Import a house from Spain 500 years ago. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I know. It's just like... And, it, and Chris is just like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. So is this Christian? You're not going to even say about that. No, it's he's talking about the Crusades, isn't he? Yeah, he imported this house in Spain. Okay, all I can think of is importing turkeys from Maine. <laughs> when you say that, <laughs> what? Do you not remember High School Musical two? Oh, okay, Which yeah, true. One, fabulous <laughs> houses imported from Spain. He wants fabulous. It's a simple request. I mean, yeah, that's some queen behaviour getting your house imported from Spain. That so. is. Kim it's Kardashian queen, could never import <laughs> her house from Spain. I think the big issue is why that house? Because <laughs> it don't look that impressive. No. It looks like a bungalow. <laughs> it looks like Nan's bungalow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he then starts telling him how kids were sent into battle back in the day. Oh, I have no idea what the fuck is going on about. <laughs> I, okay, well, well, I imported my house. Kids are fighting in the war back then. Um, meanwhile, Dan tries being nosy around the frat house, but Megan stops him, which it makes sense now. Yeah, it does. That is true, actually. Oh, my God. Megan gets the most development. She does. Yeah. Um... Oh, yeah, there's a reason she looks old enough to be everyone's mum. She's old enough to be everyone's great, 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 grandmother. Well, no, she's 70. Is she? Yeah, she said, oh, at the end, spoiler alert. Oh, so she's not five and, oh, yeah, she's not five and years ago, Devin took me on as his prime bag hag. Yeah, she's not old enough, not old enough to to have built that house then. No. No. But still um, too old for that hair. <laughs> Devon gets Chris. Do I find, I'm going to mention it now, is that throughout all these years that these guys have been alive, they have really kept up with the style. Yeah. And I think yeah. you'd think being alive for so long, you'd be like, oh, fuck's sake, I'll just wear a fucking cape. You know, I don't care. <laughs> I have to buy these new clothes all the fucking time. You know, but they've really kept up with the style. Yeah. They've got their hair gelled. Um, PVC vests are always in style. So <laughs> that one. <laughs> um, so just want to say about PVC vests. I, I did. <laughs> I was going to say the whole way through rewatching this, just, just this morning, I was thinking, fucking hell, he must be hot. And I don't mean it about his body. I just mean just generally, like, he must be fucking sweating because that looked like a very tight PVC vest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the outfits are some... Some choices were made. Um, the, there's the, a certain sequence yeah. coming up where they, they really... Uh, yeah, we'll get to it. Um, 
Devin gets Chris an absinthe on the rocks. It's very clear looking absinthe. I can tell you now, absinthe does not look like that. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's very green. Um, yeah, not even close. I mean, you'd have thought they'd have at least got some like limeade or something to make it look like it was absinthe, not just a glass of water. It's true. Yeah, yeah. It, it yeah, it looks like light fluid. <laughs> I'm also convinced in this scene, I'm sure the guy behind the bar calls Devin Kevin. <laughs> yeah, that is... I, yeah. I'm convinced. Everyone's convinced he's a Kevin. Um, some random woman at the party gets bitten by a vampire and walks out of a room and says, Ow, I think I hit my arm. Uh, and Megan just looks at her like, I remember my first beer. Oh, what a read. Yeah, she's like, oh, oh I'm, I'm not into spectacles. Should we go for a, a coffee, Dan? I'm like, she, she hurt her arm. She was, she literally was like, oh, I hurt my arm. And they're acting like she's flailed on the floor, vomiting and pissing herself. Hoovering up chicken nuggets off the carpet. It's like, no, she literally, ow, my arm. <laughs> like, what was it? Yeah, uh, the the guy she's with wipes his mouth, so we know what's going on there. Mm. Very quick. Very quick, yeah. Con considering how long it takes later on in the <laughs> film, that's very quick. Yeah, so they leave to go and grab a coffee, uh, Megan and Dan. Dan moans to Megan about how he's worried that Chris will be Devin's friend instead of his. We all know what you mean there. Mm. We this do. Yeah, this sequence is the one where it's like, okay, come on, Dinko, just say it. Just fucking say it. <laughs> it's a, a weird thing that Megan kind of is fine with all this. Because obviously we're meant to believe that she has a thing for Chris. Is that, well, is that what it's meant to be? I mean, not actually, no. It's just seducing him. Mild flirtations with yeah. Dan. But I suppose mm. when it comes to gay films, we're just used to... A white girl getting her heart broken. Yeah, but when it comes out. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's not the case here. No, I mean, I mean, that's ahead of its time. Like, uh. yeah, no, no one getting upset with a gay guy for coming out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in love with you too. Uh, Chris, who is now drunk. Is I mean, barely. you wouldn't be able to tell because oh. he's still doing the same performance he's been doing the entire film. Um, <laughs> this is the one thing where American films differ massively, um, for, to uh, uh, British culture is mm. that like they rock up to parties with like six cans of beer, yeah, but yeah, let's get wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, oh my god, I'm so drunk. Oh my god, this guy is wasted. Get him out of the party. Mess. Whereas in like, I went to uni in the UK. I mean, there's nothing compared to how people got at no. parties. I mean, if you're not passed out in the bar, you're fine. Uh, you rock up with about four bottles of Lambrini, and that'll, you know, that sets you off. <laughs> You ain't got a bottle of book fast. <laughs> you ain't doing it right. Yeah, Chris is now drunk and uh, is made a member of DTO by Devin awkwardly drinking a bit of his blood whilst, in turn, Chris has to awkwardly drink a bit of Devon's. I mean, this is 
the mm. most awkward blood drink I've, any, I've ever seen in any vampire film. He even, oh, what is it he says? He says, um, oh, let me think on that. I can't remember the lie, but I was just like, what the fuck, that's not what you say after someone's just been, just drank your blood. <laughs> oh, no, he says, he says, ew, gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I didn't get is, it's the, um, I'm, I'm going to get it, but it's the tiniest prick. <laughs> <laughs> like, you ain't going to get much blood from that. Like no. the, the little needle thing that they use throughout the film, um, it's I don't I don't like. Can they not afford to just get like more props or like more <laughs> makeup effects? So they're just going around with this like little needle and like poking people and then pretending that it's like a big gush of blood comes out. <laughs> and like, oh, whoever wrote this, I can imagine was like, oh, do you know what? We're going to do things differently. <laughs> let's, let's have him suck blood from the palm. Yeah, the palm. Yeah, let's do that. And then like, what's what's the opposite side of the elbow? Isn't there a word for it that no one? So the elbow. What's the other side? I have no idea. No, there's a word for it. The unelbow. But anyway, <laughs> we're, we're going to suck blood from there as well. We ain't going to do next. We're different. <laughs> What's the word? If anyone knows, DM me. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're going to get a bunch of pictures now of someone's, like, inner arm. Yeah. I'm like, this is, I'm I don't get any interactions, and I'm fine with that. Thank you very much. <laughs> Oh no, that doesn't say. Tamina, who's got big boobs, and wants. <laughs> so no, Chris doesn't say. Um, Groves, he says, "Oh man, that was sick." <laughs> During that scene. <laughs> um, yeah, he wakes up the next day, fully, fully lost, boys. Uh, yeah. Needs sunglasses when he wakes up. Um, but instead of dying voice, we get uh, we get down. Unfortunately, Devon's <laughs> um, <laughs> voice is in his head, telling him that he needs to drink blood two more times before he's part of the Brotherhood. Um, and Dan tells him someone dropped off a suitcase with clothes in that he apparently forgot. It's a suitcase full of fucking hideous outfits. It's like knockoff Versace, uh, late nineties yeah. sort of gear, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Versace. Uh, Chris is rude to Dan uh, and rude for real this time, and uh, pushes him onto his bed before uh, leaving to go to uh, DTO. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, I'm a little lost. You're a little lost. I'm a little lost. <laughs> tell everyone. <laughs> Well, the next scene is Dan following uh, Chris and breaking into the DTO house, investigating the book of DTO, where he is shocked, apparently, you can't really tell, um, to find photos of Devon throughout the decades of the fraternity's history completely unchanged. Oh, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. Um, question. Did they have no budget for glue in this fucking film? <laughs> well, I'm being fair, a bit PVA would have sufficed 
Because like he opens the book and all the fucking photos are falling out. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? It's all complete shambles. Um, I mean, he gets the four one one, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And they all look exactly the same over the uh, the, the <laughs> I missed I missed this part. Did they all have the same hairstyle over the years? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that, that hairstyle was big 500 years ago. So yeah. we're trying to keep it in style. Um, and poor Megan, she's been with him 70 years. She ain't in any of the photos. <laughs> yeah, this probably should have been the point where he found out that Megan was yeah. part of it. She's not part of any of it. <laughs> she's just dead aside. She's the one taking the photos. <laughs> Um, the guys who were harassing Megan find Chris uh, in a white shirt and those ugly leather pants uh, <laughs> and try beating him up before they're interrupted by Devin and the boys. And now this is a scene I was on about earlier. They look more gay than ever and they are in PVC leather and robes. Um, this is some compilation of outfits. It, it really is. It's interesting choices. I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. I, Mikhail, he's trying to look the most gay out of all of them, isn't he? He's trying mm. to Oh, yeah. PVC vest. Yeah. Um, it's giving me girl group influenced by the Matrix. I'm pretty <laughs> sure Spice Girls did some variant of this. Uh, I'm sure they did. Um, they deal with the bullies, don't they? They deal with the... Well, it's, it's hard. It's weird, because it's like, who are the bullies? Like, who... <laughs> And, and those are, are people like this? Is this is what people are like. You know, like it's people going around with baseball bats at university. <laughs> my university days. Um. Yeah. Chris got knocked out with a baseball bat, and he, he gets up. He's like, "I just took a baseball bat to the jaw and barely felt a thing. What did you do to me?" Okay, Hunt, you were knocked out for like five minutes. How did you not feel a thing? Hmm. He just couldn't be bothered. He was like, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting involved. <laughs> um, he's introduced to Sandy um, at a DTO party where she's doing some amazing dancing. Did we all enjoy her dancing? No. <laughs> she walks over, and my favourite line of dialogue in the film, uh, she says, I'm wet like a honey pot. <laughs> She's going for Jennifer Tilly, I feel. Trying. Trying. Trying is the key word. Um, that eyeshadow is... <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> we all make choices. That's a choice. We do. Um, messy. It's not very, you know, well put on. <laughs> in, a, in a bizarre sure, series of events, uh, Devin takes Chris and Sandy to his bedroom where she strips to her underwear and tries inviting Chris to the bed, whilst Devin explains to him that he's a vampire, but not a vampire. And they drink blood from college girls. Um, yeah, just, you're a vampire. Just, you, you're a vampire. Yeah. I'm not saying you're not a vampire. You are absolutely a vampire. It's giving me mask for mask. <laughs> I'm a vampire, but I'm not like a normal vampire. I don't wear a cape, you know. <laughs> I'm a manly vampire. <laughs> Straight acting vampire. Straight acting vampire. <laughs> oh, God. Is this not the epitome of uh, no fat 
femme. Yeah. Asian. <laughs> That's absolutely what he is. This is the whole film. <laughs> <laughs> no, fat <laughs> Oh, God. Um, I mean, this scene. I mean... Here's a question. Have you seen The Howling 2? I don't think I've ever seen the house. That, that's the one with Christopher Lee, isn't it? And, it is. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that one. Okay, so this is a question for Chris. Do you prefer this or the werewolf orgy in The Howling 2? The werewolf orgy in Howling 2. <laughs> this Just is... because it's got Sybil Dunn ripping one tit out. Yeah, the whole thing. This is fucking painful. <laughs> this is really, this is so boring. <laughs> I'm like, I did not sign up, you know, God bless this beautiful girl, Sandy, <laughs> but I did not sign up for this. <laughs> I signed up for homoeroticism. I don't... This, is, this is made for bisexual people. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not a bisexual person, so I did not <laughs> sign up for this. Yeah, um, so Sandy and Devon stripped Chris down to his tighty whities uh, a David Dakota tradition it's a signature it is not so tidy though i thought it were very highly unflattering <laughs> they were like really baggy in places well he starts attempting to go down on her whilst devon strips in the background with his black underwear to symbolize mm. he's already a vampire symbolism through boxers oh my yeah God. um Devon starts cutting sandy's arms and making chris drink her blood whilst he starts drinking from the other arm um, this goes on for about two hours, oh and uh, it genuinely looks like the same shots on a loop for that entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's again, it's so awkward because they're like humping the bed whilst licking her arm, um, and then it, the music is really quiet. It's just, it, it, it's so weird. It's kind of mm. like. You know those YouTube videos where they take the sound out and you just hear like really awkward noises <sighs> from music videos. It's kind of like that, but it just it just goes on forever. Um, <laughs> and then eventually, Devon asks how Chris feels, and he's like, "I feel alive." Devon wipes blood from Chris's lips, licks it off his fingers, goes down, <laughs> but then the scene ends. Yeah, talk about tasting the rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> Free blood. We we all know what that scene really meant. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for for David Dakota, this is pretty mild. Yeah, even though it does go on for so long. Um, but I mean, it's just a taste of the rest of his filmography, where this sequence is practically the entire film. That's that's six 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 creepy Gary. Yeah. Um, from what I've seen is, of his filmography is a, a lot of his films centre around naked ladies. Does Not it? really. No. Not really. Mm-hmm. I mean, think, uh, Linnea Quigley works with a lot of Frank Stevens. Yeah. It's yeah. very much that straight male 18 to 30 audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I find with this one, in a post-scream, we say that a lot on the podcast, but in a post-scream horror film, that's not really the set. I know it's homoerotic, but if you're trying to um, trick people into watching a scream knockoff, <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, it's less about the sex and more mm. about good-looking teens being dramatic yeah <laughs> really yeah. 
I mean, that was the that's what that's why it was clever marketing really during that era of you know when the video rental shop was still you know a very much more profitable thing. And obviously, by having like this this sort of queer baiting, so the, yeah, the gays know it's queer baiting. But like you said, with having Megan involved in the mix, it's it's enough for straight people to watch it because it's got that that lead female character in it who kind of drives the the the, the hetero normative narrative to it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm just amused at the amount of straight people that would have rented this from Blockbusters only mm. to get to this scene. Um, where <laughs> where they've had to watch two men, you know, humping a bed in their underwear whilst licking someone's arm. I'm sure they would have been absolutely thrilled with that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I, I think sometimes it's it's about, obviously, movies and businesses. Mm. And for him to be able to make a film, he would have to get money from somewhere, producers. And in 2001 a overtly homosexual horror film you ain't getting any funding for that no. you know you, you ain't getting anything no. for that so and and as queer people we try and find representation it, i mean this slaps you in the face but we're more akin to trying to find representation wherever we can yeah so a, a typical straight audience may not have read the signs as deeply as we do. No, no. Um, because they're not looking for those signs. Um, God bless them. If they, if they're not looking for the homoeroticism, they are fucking bored. <laughs> shit. They are not having a good time with this film. <laughs> the only thing that's interesting. Um, it's true. <laughs> fucking hell. The next day, um, Devon tells Chris that he lives eternally as long as he transforms his soul into a new body every century. And that this time, Chris would be the one whose body is used. He explains Chris is the reincarnation of his hundred-year-old lover. He does say that, but it's another fake out. Well, I could tell you that. I could tell you it's because of this, that, and the other. But really, it's just because I thought you looked good in your shorts. Mm. Essentially, you know, I, I need a body uh, for the next hundred years, and I've chosen yours because you were bent over, tying your shoelace. <laughs> With <laughs> stretches. With your wedgie. <laughs> um, the student found dead on campus was made to commit suicide as he was afraid to participate in the ceremony threatened to go public i mean he wasn't meant to commit suicide they all like gathered in on him yeah at no point was it ruled a suicide no. that we knew of mm. chris that says oh and uh, was it dan says something about on oh, the suicide on campus and it's like no one ruled it a suicide <laughs> as far as i know gail at the beginning was telling us it was a murder investigation yeah mm. Uh, Chris tries to flee, but he's taken away by Barry and Jordan. Oh, Baz is back. Baz and Jordan. Uh, Dan tells Megan the plot of the film and persuades her to go with him to Chris's room, which they find totally ravaged. Totally, totally ravaged. I saw that, from that would have been a great name for this for a film. <laughs> totally ravaged. And David the Coat will be 
the perfect person to make. Oh, it. coming to a video rent blockbuster. Totally ravaged. Um, they decide to look for Chris at the fraternity house where Devon, Chris and the boys are now all in their underwear and beginning the ritual. Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone else notice that every scene, and this was some Final Scream as well. Um, mm. You've seen Final Scream, haven't you? Yes, yeah. Um, did you notice that every night scene had lightning? <laughs> constantly. Now that you've mentioned perfect it. perfect during the day, but the moment the sun set, <laughs> it was like no thunder, just constant flashing lights. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, there is, because there's a lot of blue in the nighttime scenes when it's, especially when it's, yeah, lightning. <laughs> All the t- no rain, no rain, just constant lightning. Uh, Dan and Megan try to enter the fraternity house but their way is blocked by Mikhail in his finest leather gear who threatens them with his Fomax. He says I have cut off many heads in my life as the royal executioner and I have no problem cutting off yours. (laughs) Good old royal executioner. So Mikhail clearly knows that Dan knows. About everything, or else that makes no sense. What, <laughs> what are you going on about? <laughs> I was to Chris. What, what are you talking about? Dan grabs the needle used by the fraternity members to get blood from their victims. Where did he get that from? Uh, Chris's room. Oh, so Chris just left it lying just around. Just left it lying around. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, I mean, something as expensive as that, you know, just <laughs> no, left it lying no. around. Uh, he thrusts it into Mikhail's neck and kills him as they awkwardly stand around <laughs> watching him. <laughs> like, they could have just gone into the house. He's dead. It's fine. But they just stand there watching him. And then after, mm. Megan was like, what the hell was that? Like, he died. Dan killed him. You watched this happen for far too long. What does she mean, what was that? Was there meant to be some big special effects? He was meant to explode, mm. or...? But... Again, spoiler alert, because I know this is the next scene. But she's like fucking fuming later about it. It's like, well, fucking stop it, man. Like, what the hell did you just stand there for? Like, what the hell was that? She's like, she's livid. Yeah, this is the moment where she should reveal reveal what's going on. Maybe save Mikhail, you know, uh, and kill Dan. Plenty of opportunities. This is what I don't understand. Megan could have killed Dan in Chris's room. Yeah, she yeah, could have turned around and said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, you're dead." <laughs> she didn't even need an explanation. No, this is and this happens in film, and of course it's cinematic license to do this. Um, but a lot of things in films, particularly horror films, can be prevented if people just got on with things. <laughs> it's like Megan was just like, "I don't need to explain fuck all to Dan. Dan doesn't need to be there for the ceremony. I'm just going to kill him now. I'm going to save everyone the hassle." I'm going to save everyone the effort. Mikhail can have the night off. Doesn't need to stand guards. I'm just going to kill him in in the flat. But, you know, all goes tits up because of Megan. Yeah. She's yeah. not Well, I mean, I mean, she is. She's just a really bad one. She's bad, ally. She's bad. <laughs> in the house, Dan and Megan meet, uh, meet Baza, Jordan, Devon and Chris, who are still doing the ceremony. Megan reveals herself as a decoy who has worked for Devon over the last 70 years and was tasked with luring Chris. Um, 
she threatens Dan with the axe, saying that she'll kill him if Chris tries to resist the ritual. Chris stops fighting and kneels down in front of Devon. <laughs> Devon says, I want you to beg for it and drain me dry. <laughs> right in front of his crotch. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. The is now well and truly out of the window. Um, Good. It's it's about time. As yeah. Well. <laughs> exactly. It's it's very similar to, um, to uh, the straight audience for the film as well. Lure them in, <laughs> lure them in, and then right at the end, this is super gay. <laughs> You've been watching a gay film. <laughs> um, while everyone is concentrating on Chris, Dan suddenly breaks free of Megan and takes the axe and attacks Devon with it. After saying, "I'm going to hell for this. Have a heart, asshole." What does that mean? No idea. I mean, there's also that very important line as well. You don't get it, Chris. I'm their sugar daddy. If they die, <laughs> I lose my mortality. They lose their mortality. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that Devin refers to himself as a sugar daddy says it all. <laughs> Five hundred year old sugar daddy. Could you With just imagine, like? Um, a sleepover and the kids are thinking they're going to watch a horror film like Scream <laughs> and then they're like oh, they rent this from Blockbuster and they put it on, they put it on and then towards the end they're like wait what's this? <laughs> I did that when I was younger I, my heart stopper and we discussed this yesterday was uh, the opposite of sex which was a Christina Ritchie film, which yes. was very much marketed as Christina Ritchie in a bikini kind of film. Mm. And I watched it because it had Lisa Kudrow in and Christina Ritchie. And it was a gay film. And it was about her um, her having an affair with her gay brother's uh, boyfriend mm. and such. And so I had a sleepover once and my friends found this film and thought, oh my God, let's watch this, you know, and put it on. And I'm there like, oh my God, this is a gay film, it's a gay film, it's a gay film. <laughs> and I'm like, like in school and I'm like, oh God. And they watched it and they're just like, that was a gay film. <laughs> they thought it was like a Christina Ritchie, raunchy, erotic, Channel 5 thriller. <laughs> that was a gay. I was like, oh no, I'm out, I'm out. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine though, actually, actually having a sleepover and putting this on, like when you were younger? Like that, I wish I could go back now and do that. That would be so awesome. Great. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I haven't got anything to do that. That's that's pretty gay. That is that is that is. I'm assuming, I'm assuming that was my coming out story. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it would have been an easy guess after that. No one really mentioned it after this. <laughs> <laughs> it was like never brought up the fact that we sat there watching a really gay film. It wasn't like an erotic gay film, but it was yeah, it was it was yeah. very gay. Yeah. Very gay. Um, so <laughs> speaking of uh, gay, back to this film. Um, before he dies, Devin says, "Just tell me one thing." Did you want it? Just a little. Did you love me? And uh, 
Chris friend zones him just before death and says, I loved you like a brother. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. And then Devon, uh, the other fraternity members and Megan all roll around the floor for a bit and die. <laughs> um, Chris and Dan, we, we assume now through coding that they're together. Um, they're standing amongst the carnage going on. Uh, Dan asks why Chris didn't die, and Chris answers, I told you, I'd never join a goddamn fraternity. And then leave the house, and the film ends. How do we <laughs> interpret that ending? I don't um, they were together. No? Mm. I think this was Chris uh, finding God <laughs> and yeah. turning to his heteronormative life I with his best friend. <laughs> pretty much the same thing. Down the message comes across as hetero gay panic and reverting back to that heterosexuality by the end. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting to see if any of the sequels bring back these uh, characters to... Uh, See where they ended up. You know you're dying to know. No, I'm not. No. <laughs> if someone can just tell me, then no. Is that... <laughs> it's basically from here on out with... I haven't seen all the sequels, but I've seen the first three. Uh, I believe they're all just different stories where similar shit happens. And Yeah, I mean, I'll be totally honest. I actually prefer the second one a lot more to this one. Um, but it's 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 more or less like the same, but with different a different scenario. <laughs> well, like Friday pod- the Thirteenth, uh, future podcast. <laughs> yeah, can we do ourselves a favour though, what? and just like bunch them all together? Bunch them all together. I can't, I can't, I can't do <laughs> like, no, an episode each. I don't care. I can't do an episode for each film. <laughs> Well, that's uh, that's the Brotherhood, aka I've been watching you. What's our uh, our closing thoughts? Oh, would you like me to go first? (laughs) We'll save yours for last. Lee, what's your closing thoughts? I mean, my closing thoughts are um, for me, I I rate this film quite highly only because of the nostalgia of it. Like, as I say, I remember this from being young and. I used to watch it quite a bit. And yeah, I know that it's fucking terrible. I mean, I'm just gonna say it as it is, but yeah, it's it's got that 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 niche factor to it for me. Um, you know, yeah, I've I mean, yeah, it's awful, but I like it. <laughs> I mean I yeah, I was for I was thoroughly entertained. Um I, I would say it falls into trash to piece territory. Mm-hmm. I'd say so bad it's good. Um I, I yeah I, I I don't think it's a good film, but I I was was entertained for all the wrong reasons. Mm. Chris, what is your, what's your thoughts? There are dull moments, and it's a, it's a stupid film. It doesn't mm. quite make sense or add up. But I think you know, two thousand and one, before the internet really took off, you know, you needed to get your guys in underwear. Yeah. Fix from somewhere. And if you can find it hidden in a horror film, so no one questions when you rent it, (laughs) no one questions you, then I think it's good. And I think it's good for gay culture to have have had these films. It's part of gay history. Yeah. The, you know, 
films that not aren't overtly gay, but you can still see some six packs and tighty whities without your mum asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for David Dakota when we were younger. Right? <laughs> and if uh, if anyone listening wants to check this out, I'm sure you can find it in CX for a pound somewhere. Um, it's on Prime. I'm sorry. Oh, it's on Prime. Yeah, yeah it's on Prime, it's on Prime yeah. at the minute. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, are you a fan of I've Been Watching You? Are you a David Dakota fan? Let us know on social media. We are Horrorcourt Trash over on Facebook and Instagram, Horrorcourt Trash on Twitter. I'm DelectGaz92 on Letterboxd, Gazmo205 on Instagram, and GazChris92 on Twitter. I am ChrisBarker823 on Instagram and Letterboxd. And give us a rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, like a follow on everything else. Give us a rating on Spotify. It's Pride Month. Be kind to the gays. Give us a decent rating. Um, Lee, where can we find you and what do you have coming up with Slashic Horror? You can find me at Slashic Horror on both Instagram and, and Twitter. And you can also just follow me at Leroy with two E's. Um, Leroy Cross James uh, on Instagram. And uh, I have an episode of The Fun House coming up shortly with um, an author I really like. So I'm really excited about that. And um, I'm going to... I'm going to plan a couple, I think I'm going to plan a camp summer and do a couple of camp summer horror films throughout the summer. I think that's the next thing for Sasha Horror at the minute. That's nice. a great show. When we did that, I don't think we came across many bad films, actually. No. Apart from Sleepaway Camp 4 and 5, but <laughs> aside, from, aside from those, um, yeah, no, it's, it's a really great theme and The Fun House is great. Looking forward to listening to those. Yes, films. thank you thank very you. much for joining us. Oh, it's no problem. Film into our lives. Thank <laughs> you. You're very welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, so we will absolutely be covering more David Cutter across Pride Month because this actually wasn't on our list of films to cover. You you uh, came up with the idea, so yes, uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. So thank you very much for that. Next week. <laughs> We'll be back with Curtis's Corner, who is an Instagrammer, uh, an Instagram collector. A first for our Pride Month guests. Uh, we're just looking to go for as wide a range as possible of our guests, aren't we? Yes. Uh, and we'll be discussing his favourite film, Basic Instinct. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can, yeah, I cannot wait to analyse that. More bisexual energy. Yes, yes, absolutely. That is looking forward to the theme this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, thanks again for joining us, Lee. Thank you. No um, problem. Thanks for having me, guys. No problem at all. It was an honour. We will be back next week, same time, same place. Bye. <laughs>